Okay, hello, and welcome back to the Procrastinated Podcast. Uh, this week, I have a very, very special guest. My own father, Joel Stein. He will be the guest on this week's episode. Hello. <laughs> uh, he has been one of my more loyal viewers throughout the process of making this podcast. Uh, so it's, it's great to finally have him on my podcast. This week, we're going to talk a lot about, like, family, parent-son, or parent-kid relationships, because obviously he's my parent. Uh, I asked, I posted something on my Instagram story asking for some questions. We'll go through a few of those. I got a few of those. Uh, obviously the corner flag, we're going to talk about sports. This week the Broncos started a practice, former practice squad wide receiver at their quarterback who has never taken an NFL snap before. Um, the Saints got fined yet again and got a draft pick taken from them. Uh, my fantasy football team still doing great. And, oh, also a very big wreck in F1. And then we'll finish out with uh, feel good article as per usual. So, roll the intro. Alright, hello, and welcome to Procrastinated Podcast. I am your host, Matthew B. Stein, and this week I have with me my own father, Joel Stein. Great to be here. I'm glad to have you here. So, uh, I've been doing this for 14 weeks, and you have watched every episode. Uh, what what do you think of it so far? What do, what do you think about my podcast, me doing it, uh, just in general? I love the fact that you really seem to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that after months and months of talking about it, you stepped forward and did it. Finally. You know, took that first step. Yeah. Um, I've watched all of every episode. Mm-hmm. Appreciate um, it. You're welcome. Uh, you've gotten better. Mm-hmm. You've gotten more organized. The first one was just stream of conscious. Oh, 100%. It was our brutal hour. Yeah. Um, but you've decided, you know, you've gotten more organized, and I think I, I enjoy it. And I've learned some things about my son. Really? Yeah, you yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of, that, that's part of the reason why I started it. Like, I, I thought, like, it's good for me to do, just like it's something I want, I've been wanting to do. It's good for me to do, for good for, like, my career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it, gets me, it gives me a chance to record my thoughts during a specific time. And also, also, uh, it gives me a chance to share my, what experience I've, I've gone through my, in my 20 years on uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, and what I've, yeah, what I've gone through, what I've experienced, and like you said, it's helped you learn more about me, which I think is a, a good thing. And a, and a bad thing, but a good thing. I would say generally it's a good thing. Kind of a mixed bag. Huh? Yeah, I'd say generally a good thing. <laughs> so, I am your kid. I am the youngest of your three children. That is correct. Um, who was, when you think back about, like, raising us, when, like, what was the, one of the most, like, frustrating times raising me or us as a group? Uh, whether frustrating, like, yeah, frustrating, whether it's, like, something we did to make you mad or a tough parenting moment, whatever. You kids were really, I mean, I may say this as your father, so I'm, I'm, Hugely biased. Of course, of course, yeah. You disclaimer, kids, disclaimer. He is obviously my father, so I have some bias. a joy to have. Okay. Now, as far as characteristics, you're each one very different from mm-hmm. the other. You are the most stubborn of the three. I, I'll far. take that. I'll By gladly far. take that. When you were a little kid and you did something wrong, we would punish you and you'd just look at us like, is that it? <laughs> That's the best you got? And then take the punishment. And so we had to punish you in more... Uh, creative ways than your sister and brother. What? Give me an example of that. What is... Well, one day I came home and you had done something and 
you were sitting in the corner. <laughs> That's where your mom had put you. Yeah. And you were just sitting there, and it wasn't bothering you. And I said, okay, now put your head in the corner. So oh, okay, I remember this. You were um, at least uncomfortable. Yeah. And you hated that. Yeah. And your mom thought it was horrible. Uh -huh. She's like, that's just mean. That's terrible. I came back about two weeks later. Well, I came home every day. I came, uh, came... Just two weeks later. Two weeks later. And there you sat in the corner with your head in the corner. She had apparently decided that that wasn't so bad after all. Yeah, it was... It, I do remember that vaguely. Was that the farm? At the farm, yeah. So you were little. When you were first at the farm, that was the child house, or my childhood home. Uh, we lived there until I was seven. We actually moved into our the second house on my seventh birthday. Uh, Do you know that? That was the move-in day. It was June 20, 2007. All right. Now you say that, I do. Yeah. All uh, right. So, like, with me being super stubborn, what did you, what kind of thoughts did you have right, like, in a moment like that? What did that make you think about me as a person, like, about my characteristics? Because I've been told before by you guys that, like, my stubbornness will pay off eventually. Uh, it kind of has, kind of hasn't. I'm waiting for that to happen once I get a professional career, hopefully. But, uh, I guess, yeah, what did you learn from those moments where I was extremely stubborn? Well, I don't know what, we, what I learned. Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, that, big. that you were just different than the other two, and we were just going to have to go about it in a different way. I got gotcha. you. Um, but the stubborn is also, I think you have more persistence in some in, in some circumstances than your brother and sister because of the stubbornness. Okay. You know, I'm not going to be wrong. I'm not going to be the last one to do this. I'm mm -hmm. going to do something. So I would say that in some regards it made you more more persistent, as I said. Okay, interesting. Um, do you ever see any like any characteristics in me that you see in yourself as well? Like, did you ever see that growing up when I did something like, oh, I, that's what I would have done as well? Well, you know, it was always important. You when you were little, you were a good speller. That was important. To yeah, me. yeah. Me, my myself. Well, you started it. You started it, and then my brother and myself all have one uh, spelling bee, which is something that I'm. I'm pretty proud of. It's a weird thing, but I tell people I was a spelling champion in sixth grade, and I raised two others. It's a weird champion. A weird thing to be proud of, but it's the truth. I remember I came back in seventh grade, um, so we had the spelling bee again, uh, and I came back, and one night actually I cried because I thought you were gonna be mad at me because I didn't win the spelling bee in seventh grade. Oh, I thought I had like an expectation to win the seventh grade spelling bee, which I was very mistaken about. I know this is interesting to only us, but when I was in seventh grade, mm -hmm. after having one in sixth grade, I went to the seventh grade spelling bee and couldn't wait to lose. Really? I had been through so much. Well, I actually won two spelling competitions in sixth grade, and I had been through so much. Mm -hmm. People were, had a, a, a older couple from that would live near the school that would help me with spelling words. Really? Okay. I got, the leave, I got to leave school. What? I mean, it was important to the school. Wow, okay. I mean, there were seven elementary schools, and it was important to St. Bernard's that, mm -hmm. the way I took it, that someone win and beat the other six. Hmm. So I did that. Champion. And, um, but by the time, after having gone through all that, uh, by the time I got to seventh grade, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I was in the public schools. Checked I out. I didn't want to, you know, didn't want to necessarily be known as just the smart kid. 
Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I was always glad to be known as that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to be known as, you know, someone who had some social skills too. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're ready, ready, to hang up, ready to hang up your boots at that yeah, point? Yeah, I couldn't wait to lose. <laughs> That's interesting. Because I, I mean, I was, I was horrified when I lost in sixth grade when I was trying to move on to the national spelling bee or that yeah, next step next in that. Whatever, I was mortified whatever. when I lost. But after that, that was, that was as close as I needed to be. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned wanting to be more than a smart kid. Um, I think all three of us, me and my siblings, are pretty bright. We were smart kids in school. Um, maybe didn't me and my brother specifically didn't didn't reach as high as we possibly could, but uh, we were both smart kids. But beyond that, we also all played sports. Uh, that is something that you've always had us do. I played as basically every single sport I possibly could when I was little, whether for a season or until I got tired of it. Um, what's like one of your favorite sport memories of me? What, what are some that stand out to you, to you or come to your head first? Let's correct one thing first. Okay. Your sister's also very bright. Yeah, no, I, no, 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 no. You said my brother and I. But not, by not including her, I said we didn't achieve as high as we possibly could, or as high as we could, meaning Abby did. She's, she okay. put in the okay. time and effort to get to that level right. that was, I would say, I would deem acceptable when Jack and I uh, Step below the bar. You took the path of least resistance, yes. Exactly, yeah. But Abby, Abby was, went for what it. What was good enough, and Abby went for what was the best she could do. Yeah. Um, but favorite sports memory, any sports memories? That my very out? favorite sports memory, and it's on my phone, it, just because it happened to be a picture of it, is your very first catch in Little League in the outfield. Very first catch, really? Yes. You were, just, you were nine years old, playing Little League, uh -huh. and it just happened that Gary Andrews okay. of Wabash County Sports has a picture of you and the ball is about this far away and it's your you very have first a baseball man right here it's your very first it's like catch. like right like this I'm leaning forward yeah. and the ball is about to come into my mitt it's the very first catch you ever made so that's my favorite memory because it's I see it a lot mm -hmm. um I remember you always pushed me to play baseball and as you mentioned I'm very stubborn so uh, by you pushing me to play baseball I in turn didn't want to play or I rebelled against it how do you look back upon that now? Because I look back and I think, I tell people that baseball is my best sport, but that I didn't want to play it because my dad made me play it. That's not true. Okay, how would you I how enjoyed you say? watching you play. Mm -hmm. But when I realized you weren't enjoying it, I said, well, I'm never bringing this up again. Okay. And I didn't bring it up. Mm -hmm. I did not hassle you into playing, because if I had, you would be playing. Mm -hmm. um, after you played your 12 years of Little League, or 12-year-old season, your last season of Little League. Yeah. You clearly didn't want to play anymore, and I said, okay, I'm not bringing this up. I thought it was a waste. I thought it was a, a, a bad idea, mm -hmm. but I, I didn't pester you. Yeah, that's true. I guess I probably think about it, or not glorify it, but uh, blow it up in my head a little bit, because I remember being, you really wanted me to play, and I was like on the all-star team or whatever. I got the honors of being a good baseball player, but I just didn't enjoy it for whatever reason I don't really know why other than in my head I thought you were pushing me to play it uh, I can't come up with any good reason but I kind of wish I was stuck with it because <laughs> I was good at it but you know hindsight is twenty twenty, so that, mm. that, 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 that happens uh, what kind of sports did you play when you were little because as I mentioned I played every sport the very first do? sport I ever played would have been baseball how old were you Nine. Okay. Because that's when the first year you, you they didn't have 
coaches pitch and T-ball all that, and all that had, stuff. It was American League right had, off the bat. Yeah, they basically had the American League and the National League. That's when the other players didn't other, call it that. They called it. That's what other when other kids start to throw to you rather than T-ball and coaches pitch. Yeah, well, all I had was kids pitch to me. Yeah, I never had. Pitch. I forget what they called it, but anyhow, there was one league that was better than the other. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started when I was nine, and um, played until I was fifteen. Because for me, the league that came after Little League mm-hmm. was the most fun. Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. was the most fun. It's like teenage high school, kind of. 13, 14, and 15. Yeah, junior high age. The reason it was fun is the parents stopped showing up. Mm-hmm. Stopped thinking their kid was the best one who was going to be a Major League Baseball player. Yeah. And the kids could just have fun. Yeah. I played on this greatest team. We weren't any good. Well, we were, we were good. <laughs> we were 8-8 eight and eight every year. Nice. We could beat the best team, and we could lose to the worst team. Nice. Every game was just a, an a adventure. <laughs> it was an adventure, and I loved it. We just play, and then we go home. What was your position? Uh, or I was role a, on the team, I guess. I was a right fielder. Nice. Classic. You aren't the only one that had a gun for an arm. Wow. So, but I could never pitch. I started to try to pitch once, and I hit, hit my best friend, and I said, I'm out of here. This is, yeah. not, this is not for me. I always hated... I, another reason why I stopped playing baseball was because I hated batting. I was always afraid of getting hit by pitches, which is a part of the sport, but I didn't enjoy it. So, like, I don't remember ever plugging, plump, uh, hitting a kid with my pitch, but I definitely did. Um, I don't know. That was one of the things that always spooked me about the sport, though. So I get why you just gave up at that point and said, I'm done. At least with pitching. Well, the thing about Pony or uh, Babe Ruth, it was also called Pony League at one point, was that it's the major league dimensions. So the yeah. pitches were actually slower mm-hmm. because you had to throw them farther. You had more time to react, yeah. Yeah, so. But you uh, had hit it a lot harder to get on base. Yeah, that's true. So uh, you played baseball. What else was in your youth, I was, youth era? I was a very good at tennis mm-hmm. from the time I started playing. I got my first trophy when I was nine. Ooh, wow, I didn't know that. I got many trophies Wow. for playing tennis just in my local community. Uh-huh. I used to have a 4th of July tournament. I just happened to be the best one at my age group, I think. Okay. Not a whole lot of kids. Yeah. Fortunately, my brother was a year older than me. How was he at tennis? Because I know he ran no. cross country. He was not very... Well, he, at one point, he was he was pretty decent at tennis. But then he put his effort into, into cross country and track, and he lost his hand-eye coordination. Oh, okay. yeah. So one day, we were as we were growing up, he always was convinced he could beat me at everything. Of course. That's siblings, brothers, And so especially. he would pester me. He goes, let's play tennis. I said, you really don't want to do this. Yeah. No, no, let's play tennis. We were in Michigan. I remember visiting relatives. Uh-huh. Let's play tennis. I'm like, whatever. So we walk over to tennis courts at this local school. Mm-hmm. I just destroyed him. Nice. He never raised the issue of should we play tennis again. Nice. So it wasn't even close. I want to play. I want to play Jack or Jack or Abby in tennis. I mean, I definitely destroy Abby because uh, of lateral quickness, but. Uh, I never got the chance to really play them when I was like at my peak. Not like I can't re-reach my peak of senior year of high school, but that's when I was playing every season and whatever. I wish I would have gotten that. Do you guys have any other good like sibling rivalries? I remember you telling us about uh, your ping pong battles. You want to share some information about that? I used to beat my brother at ping pong all the time. Mm -hmm. His side of the ping pong table had dents in it from where he bashed the... Like along the edge. Bashed the the paddle in when he'd get frustrated. Uh I beat him a lot because I practiced a lot. Yeah. You could put the ping pong table up like this and hit off here. Yeah, you could you could put the one half of the ping pong table off and then hit off of it. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, most ping pong tables can do that, if not all of them. Yeah. I practiced for hours doing that. Mm -hmm. So, because I wanted to beat my dad. Yeah. Because my dad was very good. And he just showed no mercy? Oh, no. He knows that I wouldn't want that. Yeah. He beat me the same way I treated you guys. Yeah. Just like I told Jack. You will not beat me for four or five years. Yeah. But when you beat me, you will have earned it. Yeah. I feel a little Yoda-like at that point. I mean, I see it. I see it, I see it definitely. <laughs> but uh, I was good at that. Um, and so my brother and I play that a lot. Mm -hmm. You know the story about my being the world, the, the family boxing champion? Yeah, kind of. Can you, <laughs> can you share that again? Family boxing champion. Stein family boxing champion. My grandfather Stein. had these boxing gloves. They were big, puffy gloves. They were real boxing gloves, but they were big and puffy. Mm -hmm. And my brother always wanted to box me. Older brother, nine months older than him. Ten and a half months. Ten and a half months older than him. I was two and a half months premature, so we were always competing against each other. Yeah. There really wasn't a, enough gap between us for me to look up to him as my older brother. He was more or less for like a month a and a half brother. every year. We were the same age. Yeah, yeah. And so he wanted to box because he thought this way he could punch me, you know, punch me in the face without getting in trouble mm -hmm. with our parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it was the same thing as the tennis. Let's do it. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Because I know all they want to do is beat the living tar out of me. Yeah. They could. Yeah. And so finally I'm like, all right, let's go for it. We strapped on the gloves. We were in our basement, cinder block basement. Yeah. I got him, up, got him up against the wall, backed him up, got him up against the wall and went like this, two hands together, right on his forehead. <laughs> so he slammed his head oh. into the cinder block. Oh. I threw the gloves off and ran upstairs, never ran faster in my yeah. life. And we never boxed again. So oh my gosh! I think it was a TKO. He didn't. He, he wasn't knocked out, but I think it was a technical knockout. I like how it's the always the you know it's like Mike Thomas or Mike Thomas, Mike Tyson's famous move, the double two hand yes. punch, the two hand punch. Yes. Famously used by many many well known boxers. Only like one, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali used it. I only had peak. one shot, so I had to get to it. Right on the concrete, or right on the right on the cinder, cinder block. block. Yep. Oh dear. Oh, I. I we never really fought. Do you remember us fighting at all when you were kids? Other no. than like screaming, like I would, no. I would poke or slap or run or punch Abby and then run away. But well, you have this ability to, to annoy your siblings, especially Abby. But and they would always bite on it, mm -hmm. and that fed you. You you loved it, and it was like any little little sibling, he wanted their attention, yeah. and so he would pick on them, and they would fall for it. I tell him just stop, just stop, and he'll stop. But they couldn't do it. I yeah. don't know why, but. I've got I've, because I'm the youngest sibling. I've gotten this weirdly good ability to read people. What's now turned into being able to read people well, but uh, like peek at them. Obviously, as a little kid, just because that's what you do. But I, I don't know. It's translated into a mo more mature idea. I I feel slightly. Well, we all kind of picked on each other. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's kind of the because it was important. Family. It was important to be able to take a joke as well as dish it out. Yeah, I think that's a good social skill. And, and that's why Abby, is, all of her friends are guys, because she can take a joke. Mm -hmm. And she can come right back at it. Yeah. She doesn't get her feelings hurt. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys are the same way. If you get your feelings hurt, it's because you made up something. Because mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no ill will. No, never. No, so. That's something that I've noticed in my friends as well. You just have to, you have to be able to take a joke. If you don't have a sense of humor, then like... I don't have time for you. I don't know. It just can be slightly annoying, especially over time. Oh, absolutely. You meet people who can't take a joke that irritate that guy of you. Yeah. And you, you, you just move away from them. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, it's just, it's no fun. 
Yeah, life's not fun if you can't joke around. So, other sports that I played, you asked about? Uh, yeah, tennis. None. I um, played a little bit of basketball until I was in sixth grade or past sixth grade. But I got a pay I started working when I was 10. Got a paper out when I was 10 years old. Wow. Oh, I've heard about this a little so, bit. So, anything that I... My parents were of limited means, so anything that I got, I had to earn it through my paper. Yeah. So, like my first 10 speed bike back in the day when a 10, 10 speed, speed bike, bike. When a 10 speed bike was yeah. the be all end all. Yeah. The Rolls Royce of bikes. Yeah. I had to save up. I do, you remember how much it, do you remember how much it costs? It costs around $120. How much do bikes cost now? Do you know? Well, they can range from. I mean, like, an, so that was that like the tip top, top of the line bike at the moment? No. At the time? I mean, it was. A bike, probably the top of the line bike would have cost 225 Okay. And bikes so, can cost well over a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, they can cost so, thousands of dollars. Now. I was just wondering, wondering but, cost change. No, and, and my brother bought a bike that cost a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, but they were both yellow. Oh, that was exciting. Uh, what are some other like? You remember toys when you were little that you aspired to get? Oh, my favorite toy. This was back when. Landing on the moon was a new thing, and everything was astronaut-oriented. 69, yeah. So um, I got Major Matt Mason, who was an astronaut, mm -hmm. and he had a helmet and had that sliding oh, yeah. thing on it. He was yeah. only about this tall. Uh -huh. I still have one, actually. And um, But you could slide that up, so I'd always slide it very gently because I didn't want to break it. But uh, So I had a lot of astronaut-related toys. Yeah. And my brother, people had a tendency, because we were so close in age, is to buy us the same thing. Yeah. Or to dress us in the same way. Yeah. And I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. And I always tell people when they do that to their kids, it's not fair to the second one in case me. So if you and I both got this sweater, mm -hmm. you're my older brother, you wear it, I wear mine, guess what happens when you outgrow yours? You I get, get to wear yours. Yeah, the same one. So it's like my brother would make it look like I adored him and just wanted to wear his clothes, when in fact these were my clothes. You just had the same clothes. These were my clothes. So it looked like I had that sweater for... Six years instead of three. Yeah. Or whatever three it is. Three and three or whatever. And so, but whenever we got something the same, I was obsessed with finding something different about them, so I always knew which one was mine. Mm -hmm. And it was an obsession. I mean, I'd look, I'd find a little chip of paint or whatever, something. A misstitch or something. Anything. Just so they didn't, so I could tell that those weren't the same, that, that you know, they weren't identical. It's like my grandparents bought us bikes, identical bikes. Mm -hmm. Um before the 10-speed era, mm -hmm. and they were, I don't know, they had a big banana seat on them, if anybody knows what that is. Yeah. Um, I think they were five-speed bikes. Oh, my goodness. But they were identical, okay. and that just made me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go as far to, like, edit clothing or something you had to make it different? Like, ever make your own customizations to it to make sure it was different? No. No, just no. picked it out from the from the stock version. Because a lot of times they weren't the same color. Okay, but they were similar. Design. Like my aunt made us these beautiful shirts. They were some kind of a chamois material. Um, sackcloth. Okay, but nicer. Yeah, with all this very nice hand stitching across here, across the yoke, kind of in a cowboy or a western style. Okay. And his primary color was red, and my primary color was orange, because orange has always been my favorite color. Since, like, ever? Because I know I've known that. but Ever and ever and ever. I've never had another favorite color. Okay, nice. And always the bright, bright orange. Yeah. And so, so when I got my brother's shirt, it would still look the same, but it was clearly a different shirt because it had red stitching. 
as a predominant color. So, but there were other times, and we've got pictures when I'm a little kid, and we're wearing the exact same things. You know, my mom knitted a sweater or a sweater vest, mm -hmm. and they're identical. And so when he grew out of his, I got that, so it looked like I had it all. And the other problem was, my brother would show up to school at like two minutes before school started. I'd get there 20 minutes before mm -hmm. school started. And some days, because he wasn't dressed before I left, yeah. we would have the same shirts on. Oh, no. And he would say, oh, my brother just wants to be like me. Yeah, even though you wore it, put it on yeah. first. Yeah, he, my, he just wants to be like me. That was his thing. Kind of Classic thing. brother. Classic <laughs> brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic older brother. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, when I was growing up, uh, I, th I think it's funny when I say it, when I was growing up, like, you weren't there for it. But when <laughs> I was growing up, uh, Jack... My older brother always hung out with his friends and everything, and I remember wanting, one, not only wanting to hang out with his friends anytime I could because I thought he was cool and I thought they were cool, but also I wanted to steal his clothes, which sounds like the opposite, but you I went to the point of trying to take what was rightfully his and wear it to be like him. Well, the other thing you had is you went through a period where you wanted to be Jack. Yeah. Definitely. I never wanted to be Nick. Yeah, and I think it's because of the difference. Because we age. were we were too close in age. We were always competitors. I yeah. never wanted to be him. I wanted to beat him. I never wanted to be him. Mm -hmm. And so there are times once we were playing basketball, just playing pig or something, a like game to eleven or something like this, and I'd get him to laugh. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, it'd be ten to ten to seven, and he'd be losing. Yeah. And then I'd win, and then I'd always quit. Yeah. I'd always quit. One game, that was it. No double or nothing? No, 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 no. Because I wasn't going to get lucky twice in a row. <laughs> Got to take your wins where you can get That's them. That's exactly right. <laughs> Did you ever have any, I mean, obviously you and Uncle Nick were most or closest in age in both the boys, but did you ever have any sibling beef with your younger sister, Aunt Holly, or younger, younger sister, Aunt Heather? No. Nothing? Aunt Holly and I got along great. Um... And Aunt Heather was just such a great addition to our family. She's 11 and a half years younger than me. Yeah. So she was such a great addition to our family because she basically grew up in a household with five adults. Mm -hmm. You know, for all practical purposes. Yeah. And she was always my favorite, and I spent time with her. I took her wherever I went. She was kind of my pet, I guess. You know, I took her wherever I went. She loved it. I'd take her on my paper route. I'd take her when I went, I went out with my friends. Uh -huh. um, I just, I'd read to her virtually every night. Nice. Um, having her taught me a lot about how to be a parent. Hmm. You remember any specific example? I mean, I guess you said you read to her, but I was just saying any specific examples of being her parents? I knew how to change a diaper. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's big. So when you guys were born, I was like, I've done this before. I got this. That's so. big. And you were, you, how much younger is she than you? About 11 and a half years. 11 years old, you just said, yeah, yeah. And the other thing was that, that I also learned about raising a child. You know, especially a, a newborn, mm -hmm. and because some people have kids and they cry and they immediately dive on them. Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. And I learned, and I told you on this when you guys were little. I said sometimes kids cry, mm -hmm. and we didn't go running in there every time right away, because sometimes you have to cry yourself to sleep. So yeah. No, I sounds get, harsh, but that's parent. It, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does sound harsh, but also I I definitely get what you're saying. Like, um. There are times where this comes up for me, not when I'm parenting, but like if I'm hanging out with my good friend Jenna and she's really stressed out about something that, or or she, honestly, if she's overreacting about something or whatever, uh, or is really cut up about something, I will let her sit in her emotion and like work through it before 
like, I, I'll talk with her about it or whatever, help her work through her emotions before I, like, I don't want to say coddle her, but sympathize with her? I, sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, sure. I, can't, I, I can't think of the specific word, but I, I basically, I guess, I know what you're saying, and although it does sound harsh, I definitely agree with you, and I think there's a lot of benefit to it. Well, one thing that a lot of women have problems with men is that men try to solve their problems. Yeah, that's Instead true. Instead of listening to them yeah. and letting them work through it like you're talking about, then helping them. Yeah. I guys that. guys dive in and want to just, you know, problem solvers. Yeah. And sometimes people like to, you know, rehash it and live with it for a minute. Which is not a bad thing. Sometimes it's what you no, should do. No, not a bad thing at all, yeah. Uh, so... I am a junior in college. Mm -hmm. You were once a junior in college. Mm -hmm. When you think back about your time in college and uh, maybe seeing my time in college now, uh, and no, I, never mind. When you think about your time in college, what do you think about? What what are what are some of your memories of, of then? I went to school at Marquette, downtown Milwaukee. So north, from, kind of. from a time of living in a tiny little town to going to right downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was a huge culture shock. Was Milwaukee a big city then? Yeah. I mean, it was probably the 14th or 15th largest city, I would guess. In the country? Yeah. Okay. Then that's a big city. Yeah. And so, um, I visited there once, and then I felt right. You know, I always tell people, sometimes when you go on a college campus, you it just know. feels right for yeah. you. I don't that's know if you Butler had that was. with Butler. Yeah. I know Abby did with DePaul. It just feels right. Mm -hmm. So, and I had that experience when I visited Marquette and what, went there. What other schools did you visit? University of Michigan. Okay. Because um, this is, I know you went to Marquette, but I, I don't, I know you went to your IU for your, um, for grad school, but I, I have no idea what other schools you looked at. I know you're from Michigan, so that makes sense. Of, yeah, a couple of small schools that wanted me to play tennis there. Really? Okay. But I had no interest in playing tennis, and I didn't want. The reason I didn't go and play tennis is I would have then been a graduate of a school I didn't want to be a graduate of. Yeah. In Marquette, I got an academic scholarship, and um, so that helped. Mm -hmm. um, what were your grades like? In college or in high school? Both. In high school, I was in the top two or three percent of my class. Solid. I got a C in shop. You heard um, that story. Yes, I did. <laughs> I don't know why I took shop and I got a C. I'd have been higher ranked in my class if I hadn't done that ill-advised move. Yeah. And it was all me. No one told me to do it. Yeah. Um, college, I struggled my first year because I was away from home. Mm -hmm. Didn't know somebody, anybody in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, but after that, my grades were about a 3.4 or 3.5 for the last three years. So, which got me a scholarship to go to, or a fellowship at Indiana University School of Law in Bloomington. Big time. I was one of the top kids in my MBA program. Big time. Heavyweight over here. Heavyweight. I mean, I was in an honor society that made you in the top 20% to be in it. And it was one of those things that had Greek letters, and I'm not a joiner. You know this. I'm not yeah, a joiner. Yeah, I've, I've, and I that's something where I've mentioned, where we're similar, that's something that I've yeah, I don't, inherited from you, I, I don't join stuff. Yeah. I mean, I do stuff, but I don't join just because everybody else is doing it. Go against the mob, typically. And so idea. there was this thing, you could be in this, and I forget what it was called. I could probably think about it if I thought it took a minute. But it had Greek letters. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, this was in graduate school. And so I was talking to a friend of mine, she said, are you going to that reception? I said, no, that's not for me. And she <laughs> said, do you know what this is for? I said, no, not really. 
She said, it means you're in the top 20% of our class. I said, oh, I should probably go to that. Seems <laughs> 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 a little more important. Yeah. See, I mean, I've always been, I was always good at school. Yeah. I enjoyed school. I was very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had great success with it. Um, you know, eight years of college paid off. I mean, I enjoyed every bit of it. Not Well, not every bit of it, but yeah. I enjoyed most of it. Um, my time at Marquette was great. It was the right school for me. My time in Bloomington was, was terrific. They ended with a 1987 national championship in basketball, Woo! men's basketball. Big time. Yeah. Perfect way to cap it off. It was exactly that. It so was exactly that. You mentioned uh, struggling in your first year. That is something that's very common for college students. Right. Uh, one person that happened to was my brother. He, if I were to ask him now, I believe he would say it's because he had a little too much fun and partied a little too much and maybe had the wrong friends. And I'm not, in putting this on him, these are words I've heard him say before. Right. He has this ongoing conspiracy that, so ever since we've been little, you, like my parents have drank, my mom has drank, not a lot, but just drink. And you famously never really drink. You do, but you just choose not to. So Jack has come up with this conspiracy that I'm a fan of, but not necessarily a supporter of, that you did party in college. Is this true? Like, because Jack just doesn't, for some reason, doesn't totally believe that you, I don't know, I don't even know what he believes, but he thinks that you partied in, in college and all that, and I don't know if I believe him or Well, not. there's a little bit of a different era. Definitely. When I went to school in Milwaukee, the drinking age in Wisconsin was 18. Okay. So I was always legal. Even once you got to your even your beginning of freshman year, yeah. Yeah, my birthday's in July. The trip, so. Yeah. So I was always legal. Mm-hmm. So there was never any getting away with something. Yeah, that's true. There was no mystique about it. Mm-hmm. Actually, to me, it was kind of a pain in the neck because I'd go to parties and all they'd have was beer, and I never liked the taste of beer all that much. Even now. Even now. Yeah. I just don't find it a refreshing beverage. Um, but I would drink. There are a couple times. I would tell you that my freshman year I got drunk one time. My sophomore year I got drunk twice. My junior year I got drunk three times. And my senior year a few more times than that. But it was this weird one, two, three. I don't know why. It wasn't a plan. It just happened. It wasn't a plan. Yeah. Um, I just, I had this thing where I would drink and once it stopped tasting acceptable, then I would just stop. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I had friends that were professional drinkers. I mean, they yeah. drank yeah. on Friday afternoon. They'd go home, throw up, take a nap, and go back out that night. Yeah, yeah. I always swore, and this is the truth, that if I ever threw up from drinking, I would never drink again. And you've never thrown up from I drinking? I have never thrown Not, up from drinking. Have you gone close? Like, have you, like... I got the bed spins once. Okay. But I have never thrown up from drinking, because I would quit. I hate throwing up that much. Yeah. It's not like Jerry Seinfeld now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate throwing up that much that I would... I would definitely hang out the boots immediately. Yeah, I'm not. It's not. A big, especially now, it's not a big now. sacrifice. Yeah, that's true. Then or now. Yeah, it wasn't a big sacrifice. But did I party? Yeah, I partied, but I didn't. I never did illegal like drugs. Like crazy or anything? Yeah. No, no, I was. I was the first person from my family to graduate from college, mm-hmm. so I had higher expectations for myself. And I think Jack, to be honest, he took the. School, high school was pretty easy for him. You know, he could kind of coast. Yeah. He wasn't obsessed with being at the top of his class. And so he thought he could do that at college, mm-hmm. despite 
hundreds of warnings from me to the contrary. Yeah. Um, he thought he could do that at college and found out that he couldn't. Mm -hmm. And once the hole was dug, I think he struggled to, to find a way out. Yeah, that's something that you have told me, and I'm assuming both of my siblings, on numerous occasions, the idea of getting in a hole, or avoid getting in a hole. Just because once you're in a hole, like with grades or with, even with like a person, like if you lie or whatever and you dig yourself a hole of any kind, it's often very hard to get out of that. And that's one lesson that I have taken personally. Um, it's taken me a while to learn it, that's for sure. Taken me multiple occasions of getting myself in a hole and realizing, oh shit, I can't get out of here. But, I don't know. That's just something that I have learned to apply very consistently to my life. But with school, there's another semester and you yeah, have to start true. over again. Yeah, definitely. So if you got yourself in a hole, you get to try again. Yeah. And yeah. so if you beat you, you've got to move on. Uh -huh. I got some great advice from a, from a biology professor when I was at Marquette mm -hmm. when I was deciding not to go to medical school. I was going to go to law school instead. He said he was very disappointed because he was the assistant chairman of the biology department or something. Yeah. And he really, I was sort of his protege. Um, that's an overstatement. Yeah. Um, but he said, whatever decision you make, go forward and don't look back. And it's the single greatest piece of advice I've ever received. And I've given that advice, advice to hundreds of people. I've used that advice for myself hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. Just don't beat yourself up of, I should have done this. You did what you did. Now do the best that you can. Mm -hmm. And that's all there is to it. And, and it was just, you know, he, he was disappointed that I wasn't going to go to medical school. But he gave me this, this great advice. I was a sophomore in college. And it's terrific advice. Mm -hmm. And it's simple. Yeah. Go, what did you say? Go forward and don't look back? Make a decision and go forward. Don't look back. I got you. So that, that is good. Um, so speaking on pieces of advice, has there ever been, I guess this may be the, the, the answer to this question, but has there been like a time or an instance or a piece of advice or time and instance where a piece of advice has come up that you wanted to give me but haven't? Or just a piece of advice that you wanted to give me that there just hasn't been an opportunity to give it before? I, that's a very vague question, but... Well, my parents, you know, treated me as an adult when I went to college. Yeah. There was a very clear difference in our relationship from the time I was in high school mm -hmm. to the time I was in college. Mm -hmm. And you kids have had the same thing. Yes. You know, I don't ask where you are every minute of the day. Yes. When in high school, I wanted to know where you were every minute of the day. Which is fair. You know, my parents did the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the end of the advice giving. You know, I gave you advice. I mean, there's still times you get advice. Of course. But it's more situational. Yeah. I'm in this bind. I'm in this situation. I'm in this. What do you think I should do? It's more a matter of here's my suggestion. Yeah. What, are, what, what do you think of my options, basically? Right. Yeah. Whereas growing up, you know, you heard the whole... You know, when you get to college, you've got to start studying as soon as the semester starts. You know, I jokingly have told you that every time you go to college, every semester you have that first two weeks where you think, I got nothing to do. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to like 15 hours of class and I got nothing I, to do. I got nothing. Yeah. And every time it, you do that, it comes back to bite you in the behind. You get to the third or fourth week and then the first project rolls in, and you're like, yeah. oh, I'll get it done. But yeah. then two days later, you get another one. And you got and the a next test, and you haven't read one. all the material, and, and you can't just study feeds, the night before. It just feeds into the semester, yeah. basically. And I said, I jokingly said, 
I only did that 16 times before I finally realized this is for real. <laughs> I mean, because it happened, it seemed like in some degree it happened every semester. Oh, definitely. You get, you just fall into that false sense of security, whether it's for a day or whatever. Right. But it always gets you. Well, law school is difficult in, in that regard is because you only have one exam for the whole semester. Yeah, you've told me that, and I still think that that is crazy. I think you told me about a class that you never went to because the final was like 95% of your grade or something like that. I never went to. I don't know about that, but... No. There's no work for it. There's, there's no work in it except for the final. I don't know. I believe... I remember something about and I did that take one. Sense. I did have one final my first year of law school that was worth five credits. Okay. Talk about... I mean, it was one-third of the whole... There were, yeah, the whole we were semester. taking 15 credit hours, and one test was worth five credits. Mm. I remember so much about that day. I remember driving to class. I remember my heart just pounding and pounding and pounding and just being like, let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, I mean, by this point, it was time for the test. But then there were some kids in my class that, had, and we were kids at the time, came in there sipping Maalox. What are Maalox? It's a coach your stomach like Pepto-Bismol. Okay. And I'm going, wait a minute, you knew this. Yeah. You knew this was one test for the whole semester. They act like they were surprised. Yeah. They looked like they'd been run over by a bus. They had sweats on or pajamas like on. Like somebody lied to them or something? Like they weren't ready for it. Like yeah. they didn't know. I mean, I got up that morning. I took a shower. I, you know I mean? I knew this was coming. Yeah. But, you know, and that doesn't mean they didn't do well on the exam. Mm -hmm. um, I have no idea. But, you know, it was all essay exam. Five credit hours, baby. That's so big. <laughs> it's huge. Um, so, you're my parent. I am. One of my two parents. Correct. Uh, as a kid, you, your parents raise you differently, just because they're different people, and that's how it works out. Uh, when you, how did, how did your parents raise you, and how did, what was, like, how did your dad raise you differently than your mom? Mike. Okay, I know, my dad and my other, my brother were basically cut out of the same bolt of cloth. Okay. They were identical. Okay. You know, they were, they, and, and it caused a lot of friction mm -hmm. because everything they, they found irritating about themselves, they saw in their, yeah, in, in their dad or in their son. Mm -hmm. My mother and I were very close. I was close to my dad too because he was always my coaches and stuff. But um, I would say that I was more sensitive like my mom. Mm -hmm. Not that my dad was insensitive, but he was a man. He was a Marine. He was a tough guy. Yeah. You know, um, but my mom, I, I was always more like her, I would say. Uh -huh. And genetically, I'm like her. Every every illness she ever had, I get. Yeah, every ailment. You know? Yeah. So, um, some treats waiting for me down the road, I guess. Uh, hopefully not. Cross fingers, <laughs> and I hope we don't go. But I'm going to tell you about there. this. I've been thinking about this a lot. Okay. Last, you know, it's the holidays. You think about your parents. Yeah, of course. What I've been thinking about a lot is, did I thank my parents enough? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I thanked them if they gave me something. Yeah. You know, oh, thank you for the nice birthday present. But did I thank my mom when she did the wash? Yeah. And did I thank my dad when he filled up my car with gas? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Did I thank them enough? And it's really been kind of haunting me. Because I believe that I did. I want to believe that I did. But these were such mundane, everyday things that I'm fearful that I did not. Yeah. And so I, I, I tell you this because... It's just something that, that has been really in my mind for the last month, month and a half. Yeah. And I wonder, did I, you know, like, like I said, when my mom did all the laundry, we had four kids and two adults, and that's a lot of laundry. And when she did all the laundry, and, you know, it was time to take my laundry up to my room, did I say thank you? Yeah. I, I hope I did. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know. Yeah. That's a that's an interesting thought, and that's something not to that same ex quite that same extent, but that's something that I've come across every now and then when I'm at school. Like, it's typically once I get done with a big assignment or like I take a big step forward in my life or my school journey or whatever. Uh, and I think you've noticed this. Like, I'll occasionally every now and then I'll send you maybe you and mom or just you or whatever a detailed text saying thank you for like what you do, how you've helped me, how you've put me in a position to succeed how you gave me this like platform to take a step forward and honestly given me some ad life advantages that other, that other people don't have. So I get what you're saying, but I would ask you as a parent now, when you do something for me and I say I don't say thank you or whatever, how do you feel about that? Do you notice that? Because I feel like there's a part of the, the relationship with parents and kids that you almost not that you don't expect them to be thankful, but you know, like you were a kid, you know how you were as a kid, like, I don't know, just how, what's your perspective, how's your perspective now thinking about your role as the parent rather than the kid? Well, Change. it goes back to this, did I, you know, my mom cooked dinner. Yeah. Did I say thank you? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. she knows that, You're thankful. you know, we had chores and, 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 you know, help clean up and do the dishes and all this stuff, mm -hmm. um, and that we weren't, you know, that we... We enjoyed the food, but I'm, I'm, you know, like you said, been coursing through my brain. Did I say thank you? Because I, I, I wish that I did. I hope that I did. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that I didn't, mm -hmm. because, like you said, it was just part of the family life. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, when you think that you think about how, that, you don't think you did. Well, how how does it make you feel? Like, does that make you think you? I don't know. Did you, do you basically just wish you would have said thank you? Is that what it comes down yeah. to? Yeah, I, I wasn't ungrateful. Yeah, definitely. And I don't feel. I, I try to feel like I'm. I'm not with you guys either. I'm very grateful for where I'm at. So I would like to think that you were in a similar place. Yeah, I mean, one thing my parents, like you said, didn't have a lot of financial assets. Yeah. But they were always supportive. I knew every single day that my parents loved me. Mm -hmm. And that is what propelled me forward. What made me want to be the first person in my family to graduate from college? Mm -hmm. And let's do the math here. My brother started before I did, but I passed him. Yeah. He was not happy about that. Yeah. But um, he, uh, um, but my parents, our expectation always was get an education. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of the things that you benefited from was because of decisions that I made because they supported me in it or they guided me to it. So it just kind of, you know, it trickles through the generations. Yeah. You know, um, my dad went to the Marines instead of going to college. And so that was a choice he made. Mm -hmm. You know, very proud of having been a Marine. But I'm sure there were times that he thinks, thought, I should go to college. should have gone to college. Mm -hmm. As college degrees became more necessary for, for success. And I'm not crying, by the way. Yeah. We're in the garage, and my allergies are just inflamed, so anyone watching this, I'm not bawling through this whole thing. <laughs> Good disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, so. Oh, sorry. Go on. But, you know, there's there's the impact of, of, of guidance and, 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 and decisions that carry through the generations. Mm -hmm. You know, I always, you've heard me tease Jack a lot when he talks about how tough he has it, and I tell him, dude, compared to my life, you lived a charmed existence. Yeah. And he hated that, but he does know that it's true now. It's very much true. 
He does know that it's true. Yeah. You I, didn't work when you were 10. Nope. Or 12. Or, or 14. Or, or 16. Or 20. Well, or 20. Well, you've worked hard the last three summers. Yeah, that's true. So. Um, like, you've told me this story a few times, which kind of still blows my mind, or uh, just in comparison to my life, blows my mind, about how when you were little, uh, your dad would play this game with you late at night, where you guys would drive around and deliver packages <laughs> to people's houses or whatever, but in reality, you were just paying bills. Yes. So, just getting by was what yes. you were doing. And that is crazy to me thinking about how different my life was compared to that. That yes. is a standard. He made that into a game. We didn't know what we were doing. Run in and put this in that slot. Run this and put this in that slot. What it was, we were paying bills either late or on the last day or whatever. I don't know. I didn't know till years later uh -huh. what we were even doing. But yeah. we were paying the water bill. We were paying the sewer I'd... bill. I didn't know. We were, I was just taking envelopes and slipping them in the <laughs> slot. I just doing what I was told. And it was it was kind of a fun game. We were yeah. hanging out with my dad and driving, driving around. around town. Uh, How'd you find, end up finding out about that, or finding out that that was what you're doing? <laughs> I think when I started getting those bills. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. No, I don't know. I mean, it just I was aware later on where mm -hmm. we were actually going. Yeah, you just figured it out. You know, yeah, I was. You know, I knew that. Oh, yeah, that was the that was the water company. Yeah. So what was I sticking in there? A bill a, or a, a, a payment, check, a payment yeah. of some sort. Okay, where are we at? Oh, we've been talking about fifty fifty. Man, we've been talking for a while. All I'm right. Interesting care. I'm an interesting Yeah, class, very so much, very I'm much. Uh, so, I think we. Um, so I at, I said I posted something on my story, saying I asked. Uh, I wish I had the screenshot of it, but I believe I asked. If you could ask your dad any question. What would it be? Um, and I got. Unfortunately, I only got three responses out of 150 people that viewed it so far. Not a great return. But uh, by the way, follow me on Instagram, Matthew B. Stein. So here are the three questions. Okay. Uh, they're not really that crazy. One of them actually comes from a person in our family. Okay. But the first one, from Sarah Anzari. She is a girl I hang out with school at school very frequently. We've become pretty good friends this semester. She said, what period of life slash specific event do you wish you could relive? Whether it's a child, one of our births, Jack's birth, because it's the first one, graduating Oh, college. relive because of, of the, it was such a monumental moment? That or if, or if, if I, because I do something differently. No, I, I, let's stick with monumental moment because doing something differently is like, I don't know. You like you said, you do something and then don't look back. But if you can also give both answers if you if you have an answer for both. Well, sometimes when you do something and you don't look back, that something you did doesn't always turn out great. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to mislead you into thinking. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, that, uh, just because you did that, yeah. doesn't always turn out great. Yeah, I just didn't want you to like. I don't know. I, I, when I think about that in my life, it can go down like a, a murky path. But what, what, what is your? Um, well, you see pictures around the house that I still keep around the house, like that one over there. No one can see it, but Matthew and I. Mm -hmm. That time right there was when you kids were the most fun mm -hmm. as a group. Mm -hmm. You were the most adorable children. Yeah. Three blonde-haired, blue-eyed kids. Aryan children. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I was very much an Aryan child. When you were when you were that age, you know you were doing stuff. Mm -hmm. You were potty trained. Getting sports. You could around. do some. You could do some things. You yeah. Could, we could play catch. Yeah. We could do whatever. Uh huh. And I would say that that age was really the most. Probably the most fun because you were close enough, and then we played games as you recall, and we always made the games 
we changed the rules so that it would be fair for everybody. So yeah. when you were littlest, you got to shoot closest to the basket. Yeah. And then Abby a little bit further back, Jack a little bit further back, and me either with Jack or a little bit further yeah, back. Whatever. It just depends on how how good they were. Or whatever the game you know, was, yeah. Right. And so, or we just made up games. You know, there's a very famous Australian rules ping pong yeah. that we made Perhaps up. Perhaps the most famous Stein creation in existence. It's too hard to explain. We just made it up, and we had the some of the way greatest I'll time. It was, it was just a crazy version of ping pong where basically, as long as the ball wasn't rolling, it was still in play. And that's the easiest way to describe and it. And your side could hit it more than once, sort of like volleyball. You yeah. could set up your you could set up your partner and and lead it to a spike. Yeah, and most of the time when we played this, it was us two versus my older brother, and we just killed him. We tried to hit him it, with ping pong. Balls. Embarrass him, yeah, embarrass <laughs> him basically. But you know, just doing things like that. Those are the things that I look back, and and they're simple. You know, we, we weren't we weren't making moments. But they're, they're life important was going memories. On. Yeah, life was going on. And there are things that I look back on and think, I'm glad I did that. I'm yeah. glad we did that. Yeah. I think that's a good, uh, like thinking about that time, back about that time, let's say, let's put a time window on it, like 2005, 6 to 2010-11. Sure. Something like that. That's that's sure. kind of the window we're talking about. And that was before uh, any of us have le had left the nest. Right. We were And like you said, we were all playing sports. I was finally starting to get like serious into sports. You were tall. Yeah, I was growing. Yeah, I don't know. Good times. Uh, any other any other things? Like maybe a time where you wish you would have done something different or whatever. You came to a crossroads and you had to make a decision. I um, whether small or big. You all benefited. You've heard me talk about this. You've all benefited from the fact that I had a wonderful set of parents. Yeah. Two phenomenal role models. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad once, now I'm going to cry, that if I was half the father he was, I would be a great father. Yeah. And I believe that I was a great father. I would agree with you. But because of him. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from him. Mm -hmm. And so you all benefited from that. And so that, how you classify that, it's not a moment, it's a, it's a, it's a thread throughout your whole life. Yeah. You know, there were times when I was hard on you guys. And there are times when I would, you know, was always your biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You know, whatever you were interested in, we were interested in. Mm -hmm. Now, we made you do a sport every season just to keep you busy. Mm -hmm. um, Which I think is a great rule, by the way. Thought that then and still think now. Just like when you, and then you played two sports one year. Two years. Two years. And you and I had a great time. That was incredible. I was your, I was your. That was incredible. Pick them up from tennis, take them to soccer. Yeah. So and sometimes at two different schools in two different counties. And it was fun. Yeah, my junior and senior year, uh, my junior year, we got soccer in my high school, and I played in tennis, and bo both soccer and tennis were in the fall, and I wanted to play them both, so I did, and a lot of times we run into this situation where I would have a tennis match uh, at one school, let's say a town, uh, in a, a school 15 minutes north, uh, and then maybe they weren't very good at tennis, so, uh, and we were pretty good, so I would play, we would kill them, try and end the game as fast as, po as we possibly could. And then, as soon as it was, as it was over, uh, I would hop in my dad's Mini Cooper, and we would scoot 15 oh, minutes oh, south of town, or whatever, 40, anywhere from like 15 to an hour distance, uh, to race to my soccer game, and get there as early as possible, whether it was halftime, or the beginning of the game, whatever. Uh, it was kind of chaos. It was very, it managed chaos, though. And I think, it, I, I look very very fondly back about uh, on that. You're right, there was a Mini Cooper. I was thinking it was the Honda, but Abby destroyed it by then. Yeah. 
all, all of your kids have Think wrecked, that, a, wrecked yes. a car and it was their own fault? Think that, yes, that's, that's one of my claims to fame. I have three children. They've all totaled a vehicle. Their fault. Yeah. Nobody injured. Yeah. So, all, all in, in the end, all good, and I didn't freak out any of the times. Correct. I made it clear to them that as long as they were okay, that's all that mattered. Correct. The car is just a bunch of plastic and metal and rubber and glass. Okay. Our skin and blood is more important than that metal and glass. Correct. Uh, get another car. Yeah. So. Does that answer that question? Yes, I believe so. So this one comes from Jack K. Stein. I know him. And I've heard of him before, too. He's a uh, sketchy character, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, he asks, what made you most nervous when you were my age, and how did you overcome it? In my age, he is 26, 27 now. Uh, 26. So he's, he's some age. Um, I'm 20, so let's let's say 18 to 25, in that in, in that roughly that range. Uh, well, we're in a bit of a pickle because there's not a charger inside. I don't believe. Isn't that white thing a charger? Yeah, that's a cube. Basically, we just won't be able to do the the feel good article at the end, but that's okay. But isn't that a, a, an Apple? No, but I need the, I need a computer charger. It's different. Oh. Yeah. So I guess we'll just continue with these questions and then we'll figure it out. We may have to just. Freelance. I mean, we're almost or an hour anyway, so we may just end it after this. Who knows? Okay. So, Jack Design, what made you most nervous when you were my age, and how did you overcome it? I had just finished graduate school at the time mm -hmm. when I was his age, and I was concerned. I just really didn't know what I was going to do. I had an MBA and a law degree. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to do something that I felt like I was doing something worthwhile, and um, I was single. I wasn't too worried about a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I know that his his situation's a little different. No, I, I want. I don't want to. No, I'm saying okay. I'm not talking about that. And we don't need. I don't want. I don't want you to compare it to his situation. I want no. to just be Joel Stein. He just. I was at a at a point not too different than his. Okay. Where something was going to happen. Yeah. I just didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where he is. Something's going to happen. He just doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Nor do I. Mm -hmm. But. I, I always had confidence that something good was going to happen. I had done the right things, just like he's done the right things, and now something good has to happen. So your fear was the the outcome of that. I, I wasn't fearful. I mean, because that's what the question asks. Was I afraid? Or I mean, I'm not fear. Sorry, nervous. Well, I was nervous because I was I sat didn't there. Didn't know where you were going to go. Yeah, I didn't have a job. I was going to get a job. Just banking on the positive, though, hoping or assuming it's going to come out well because you've put in the time and work for it to go out, come out well. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's a good sentiment to think about as well. So, uh, do you think, is that all you have to say about that question? Yes. Okay. This one comes from Taylor Felder. She is a girl who I only kind of know, but she goes <laughs> to Butler. Uh, I met her through one of my friends in a freshman class, and we only kind of met each other. Uh, anyways, she asks, what is one thing you wish you did when you were young? Or still young? <clears throat> you could even be did more or that you didn't do at all that you wish you would have done I wish I was a little less afraid of getting in trouble okay. when I was a kid you know I always wanted to please my parents I um, I really wish I'd have taken some more chances just just been a little more of a free spirit and always trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I was I was a guy who played it by the rules. Can you think of an instance where that came came up? 
Well, in college, yeah, you know, where there are opportunities to go, you know, do something with a, with a group, and I thought, eh, I'm not yeah. really clear about that, and I didn't want, I just, I wish I'd have been a little more adventurous at that time. I got you. Yeah. Fair enough. I, 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 that, is that advice that you would give me now as well? Looking back on your life, is that a, a, a piece of advice that you think I could use? I think you've taken more chances than I have. Okay. I think you have. Um, I think you've. You were just raised differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was raised in a very strict Catholic family, mm-hmm. and that has a certain amount of Catholic guilt that goes with it. Yeah. And um, that that precluded me from doing some things. Mm-hmm. You know that. Pushing it, you know, be afraid of getting in trouble. Yeah. Um, we were a little more liberal with you guys. Mm-hmm. All right, a lot more liberal with you guys. And I think that you've benefited from that. I would agree. Yeah. It, it's, it's helped me or us to, like, reach, not reach, yeah, reach, reach, reach out a little more, just be a little more, I guess, adventurous, like what you're saying, perhaps. Right. Yeah. Um... Then the last note I have before the corner flag, even though my laptop's at 1%, uh, what's your honest opinion of my podcast and where it started to where it's at now? Even though we kind of covered this at the beginning, but... Like I said, you've, you've made progress through the... The first one was terrible. Yes, I agree. You, you were ill-prepared. First one's always going to be terrible. That was my thought process. Right, but you weren't prepared. I think you thought it was easier than it was. Yeah, been. yeah. I think you thought, oh, I'm just going to get on here and riff for an hour, and it's going to be terrific. Because kind you watch of, yeah. too many polished podcasts, mm-hmm. and it was it wasn't good, mm-hmm. and I told you it wasn't good. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, I say send Matthew texts as I watch the his podcast. Live tweeting, yeah, live tweeting you my know. episodes basically. So, but you've obviously gotten better. You've given it some level of a format. Mm-hmm. I think having guests is takes the pressure off of you very much, very much. You know, you don't have to fill a whole hour. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first had Jen on. You guys were just kind of hanging out, talking, just having a good old time. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't really much of a show, but it was clear that you were happy. Mm-hmm. It was clear that Jenna enjoyed it. That's really a show. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I mean, it... It, it brings more, more energy and identity to the show, I feel. Well, and it highlighted your, your genuine affection for each other that's true. as friends. Mm-hmm. And having someone having the chance to see that just from two people, there's never anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know? Having seen two people who are just genuinely enjoy being around each other is terrific. Yeah. And so I think that that was there. I think that when you had the one kid, I think his name was... Chuck Levine or Connor Garvey? Chuck Levine. The, yeah. He had some real strong uh, points of view that he tried to make. He did make. Mm-hmm. Um, because he confronts some issues that you and I will never face. And they're, they, they're issues that will be part of his whole life. Yeah. Um, Connor Garvey. Garvey. Yeah. I wish you'd have dipped a little harder on that one. Mm-hmm. And really got into his struggle. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't want to overstep. That was the only thing I was afraid. Well, of. We were we're good friends, but I just I was afraid of overstepping. Um, I don't know. I understand. I understand. I mean, it's highly personal. But he was there to talk about it, and I don't know how he felt about it. Mm-hmm. But he was there to talk about it, and I just felt like he could have gone a lot deeper. Because especially college kids and mental health, uh, very important issues. Mm-hmm. And 
too often they're kind of swept under the rug. Yeah. When in fact there's nothing to be ashamed of when you have mental health problems. You know, to admit that that you have these problems is sometimes the biggest step you can take. Yeah, definitely the first step. You don't get help until you admit it, mm -hmm. and you're trying like no. You know, I mean, I suffer from depression. That's mm -hmm. not a big, any big news. But it wasn't until I admitted that that I really got any help. Yeah. And now I realize that it's part of my life, and some days it's better than others. And um, I, I, you know, I would like to have seen Connor's viewpoint on that, mm -hmm. how it impacted him. I mean, he took a whole whole semester off of school. But that's for some, you know, kind for, of, there are a variety of reasons. Yeah, but that's kind of surface. It's not quite delving into. No, but there could have been, I'm just saying there could have been more. I mean, that's a pretty drastic step. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, and I'm glad that he's better. Mm -hmm. And I hope he's taking care of himself. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's not a, it's not like a broken leg. It doesn't heal and go away. Yeah, it's different. Um, any other, like, from then till now? Because, I mean, from then till now, I've had on Jenna and... Well, having Jack. Jenna back, she was more comfortable doing it. Second to First, second time guests? Yeah. And again, it's just a matter of... of, of they're all, this batch, let's say 9 through 14, mm -hmm. and this will be an outlier, this mm -hmm. one, but 9 through 14 had a structure to them. Yeah. And they're all better. Those, those, I would put those as a group and say those are all better than the first eight. Okay. Yeah. You know, but they have, they have similarities mm -hmm. because that's where the, the corner flag and the, the good story of the week, good article, yeah, good you know, article. just little bits of, 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 of structure that you've added. Mm-hmm that really bring it all together. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you do an excellent job interviewing people, by the way. Thank you. I think you, I think you ask people questions and then let them talk. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't talk, you're very good about prodding them for a little bit more. But you don't make anybody uncomfortable. So I think you do an excellent job, I've commented on that before, um, of, of interviewing people. Thank you. And I think that's perhaps one of the more applicable skills that I can work on in with the podcast. Absolutely, because I know that your, a lot of your podcasts are two people who know each other really well. Yeah. So they got this back and forth, back and forth. But here, yours is more, well, we got this guest, and we're going to hear what this person has to say. And you give them the chance, just like you did me today. Give us a chance to say what it is we have to say or want to say. Yeah, because I can do a hundred episodes of me just talking and saying how I feel. And I can do that every day or every week for until the end of time. But when I bring on, and because it's my podcast, when I bring on a guest, it then becomes, I'm no longer the focus, is how I see it. Right. The guest is the guest. Let the guest be the guest. Well, it makes the podcast more interesting because yeah. you do not have the ability, nor does anybody here that I know, have the ability to fill up an hour every week just by themselves. And have it being entertaining and engaging throughout. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at some point it would become repetitious. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you... You maybe misunderstood that in the first episode, Definitely. but quickly came to realize, all right, that's one of the things I got to tinker with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a criticism at all. That was no, just yeah. more a matter of growth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my laptop is officially dead. But any other thing you have to add about my podcast? That's pretty up to date. Is the show over? Yeah, no, <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We have a little bit more. Talk oh, a little okay. bit about sports and then the feel good article. Okay, well, why don't we you may, jump to those things? We or may, are you going to do that after you? Well, so my laptop has died. I think we might just come back to it tomorrow, but I guess I don't know if I'll have a charger tomorrow, so maybe not. Oh, dar. Oh, dar. T tomorrow may be a complicated day. But, uh, that's kind of it for the beginning. Talk a little about sports. So, I guess 
Now onto the corner flag. So, this week in sport, you texted me last night. You're watching football. Hmm? Uh, college football is coming back or starting again. Football is kind of in the middle of its season or NFL football. Hmm. Uh, you went to IU. You're wearing an IU hoodie. IU barely lost to Ohio State, who is number three team in the country. Is IU good at football again? What is your? Do you remember IU being good at football ever? <laughs> Before are they good at football again? Yeah, it's, again, maybe the wrong word. In 1967, they, they went to the Rose Bowl. I okay, I didn't they, know that. It's 67 or 69, so uh -huh. somewhere in that range. Um, I would say that was the last time that they I'm aware of that they were good at football. Because um, one of the years that I was in Bloomington, they were 0 and 11. Nice, good team. But the thing that's different about this football team: several years ago, they had a a um, coach. I can't remember his first name. His last name was Hapner. Okay. And this guy was phenomenal for IU football. He wanted to be at IU. He wasn't using it as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. He wanted it to be at IU. He wanted IU football to be great. Yeah. And the, it, it started going through the program, and you could see it developing. Unfortunately, he got cancer and passed away. Oof. Allen, the, the last name is Allen, the, Tom Allen, Tom, the coach yeah, of this, Tom, this Tom, year, yeah. has that same, he's an Indiana guy, grew up in Indiana, mm -hmm. went to Ben Davis High School. He wants to be the coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah. He doesn't want to be the coach of the USC Trojans yeah. or the LSU Bayou Tigers. Yeah. And that's terrific because it shows in the program how much he's invested in it and I think that the, that the players are following him. Yeah. He has done an incredible, like I'll see videos of him at, like, in the, at the pre-game or post-game in the locker room and he is just crazy. Mm -hmm. he, and that's kind of what you're saying with how he's invested in it. You just see the energy and as being as a person who has been a player on a team before, when the coach has energy and love and investment in the sport and team, it just it spreads. And it's all very genuine. There's yeah. no question about it that this is genuine. Yeah. You know, it's not a oh, this is a nice act you got going on here. Mm -hmm. So it is great to see IU football be good, and it'll get a get more recognition, get a decent bowl game this year. Cross fingers, yeah. At the rate it's going. Yeah. So if they somehow, I would, if they managed to be ranked all season, that would be incredible. To get to the top ten, I'm, I'm not sure when that happened before. Yeah. Um, what else has happened? The Broncos this weekend <laughs> use. So the Broncos, most NFL teams have like three or four quarterbacks on their on their roster. The Broncos are in that same situation, but uh, I wish I had the information in front of me. But I believe they had two QBs go out for coronavirus or COVID reasons positive test, and I think maybe one more is injured. So they had used all of their QBs. They didn't have any QBs more left to play. So this weekend, they're very, very, very unique predicament where they had to pull or call back a former practice squad wide receiver, person who catches the passes that throws them, uh, to be their quarterback. I think this is, you're slightly wrong about how this happened. Okay. I think all three of the quarterbacks had COVID? either been exposed to COVID or had COVID. That, I was just guessing. I'm glad I and the funny part too. is, the sad funny part is, and this is why they're going to get fined and lose a draft pick, is their fourth quarterback is the one who broke protocol and exposed them to it. Really? So he took himself and three others out. So then they had to play a ba uh, football game. Where the guy that was the quarterback had been the quarterback, had been a quarterback. He's a wide receiver now, but had been a quarterback at Wake Forest in college, yeah. But they just didn't have the ability to throw a pass. No. And when you're playing the New Orleans Saints, who are just a couple years away from a Super Bowl, not and that good, many, good defense, and a good defense. team. Yeah. I mean, they knew you were going to run. Yeah. They had zero chance of winning. Uh -huh. 
the, the Broncos did. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a horrible, horrible game. And I, I I blame the NFL because they tried to postpone the game, but the NFL said no. Mm-hmm. Probably because these these were self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, it's yeah, just my guess. Got to deal with that. But um, it was a boring game to watch. Um, I don't even remember the final score. I think it was they like got a thirty to three or something. Yeah, they like got that. a field goal just so they didn't get a goose egg there for a zero. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't a good game. It wasn't good product for the NFL to have out there. Um, what else? What else has happened? You you think of anything that's happened in sports this week? Liverpool they drew one one with Bromwich Chalvian, a team that they should have beaten. Uh, two goals or two calls got called back as offsides when they perhaps shouldn't have been. And at the very end of the game. Um, there was a penalty, which I think it was a penalty because Rob Robertson, the left back, just kicked the guy. But uh, and then they have drawing drawing one one. That was very dramatic. Do you know what? Have you heard much about VAR? Like, have yeah. you seen it? You know what it is. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if it's a good sports mechanism. I don't know if the. I did see that apparently the Dutch use a system like so. You have the offside line, and then you have like. It says like five centimeters or something. Another five, another line that if they're within that, like it's like a gray area kind of. If they're within that, then the the second official, the VAR official, can't overrule it. Okay. They have to just let it go. I think that would be a good rule to implement. I don't know. Did you watch the game or pay attention to it all? Because I know you no, I didn't know. Do. I did not this particular game. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not quite the dedicated football yeah, fan I, that you I, guys are. I was wondering about any small opinion. No, I, I, you know, I think that, that as I watch it, I think that I always want to make innovations in soccer, as mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and um, I think the fast break would be a good innovation. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you admit the fast break into soccer? Just take away that's offsides. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, you know, just move it down to the if end. If I've got everybody there and I get the ball to that guy and he's one on one with the goalie, bring it on. Yeah, goalie then my deal other, with it. Then my other dream would be. Fulfilled. Yeah. It won't be zero to zero or one to one. It'll be seven to five. Yeah. The most exciting part will be an almost goal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's the second most exciting part. Yeah. The, the most exciting goal. part is the goal and then the almost goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to show you a clip of. So I told you, or you've seen Jack and I. We watched the F one show during quarantine. Yes. We gotten into F one a little bit. Uh, myself more so than Jack. But uh, earlier this week or. It might have been yesterday. What day is today? Sunday? Sunday. So it was today, because today was race day. Um, after the first turn, there was this big wreck, and this guy's car ended up exploding. Maybe we'll watch this again tomorrow, and you'll get our reaction then. I'm what not exactly sure. He is fine. He posted a video on his name. His name is Roman, Romain Groshan. So he, like, went around the guy, and then the guy kissed his tire. Like, they bumped tire, his right. front, and his, then Romain's back tire. So he spun out, and he ended up sliding into the wall, and it went... Well, I saw the fire. That's you why saw, I wondered. Right okay. I saw a picture of the fire. Yeah. And I thought for sure the guy was incinerated. So he, he, yeah, he slid and then he slammed on the barrier and that happened. And he posted on his Instagram not too long ago. I have the picture saved on my phone. Uh, his hands are all wounded or bound up. Like, um, for those that have seen Doctor Strange before, like Doctor Strange, they're just all like in gauze and everything. Although you can just see his fingertips. Mm-hmm. And he's like sitting like this with his arms up. Um, and also apparently he had. Burns. That's the extent of his wounds. He also apparently had burns to his ankle, ankles, um, and a broken rib or two. But that was it. He that's looked fine. His face looked fine and everything. That's a miracle. Yeah, he had like two, like a tube going up his nose for like oxygen or something. But beyond that, he looked pretty. Like he, he, he was talking. He was 
Because it was a phenomenal inferno. Yeah. I and mean, it was a huge like explosion. Like a 30, 40 foot high plume of um, fire. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm Incredible. surprised that several people didn't die. Yeah. Uh, very minimal, especially considering how it looked. Yeah. Um, yeah, he survived. Uh, I had another thing for the corner flag, but I can't exactly think of what it was. But, uh, since we can't do the feel-good article, unfortunately, we may revisit it tomorrow. I don't know. You'll see in the edit. I don't currently know because it's currently Sunday, and we'll figure out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I don't want to explain them because the fun part is reading the article and seeing the picture and the whatever. Uh, so I guess that is it for the, this episode. Yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, thank you for being on. I'm it glad you're be, glad to be. I hope you're glad to be here. I enjoyed it very much. I was very glad to have you. Uh, I, the, my whole goal with having you and whoever other family members on is learning stuff about you that I didn't previously know, and I definitely did that. Okay. Uh, I got to learn about your relationship with your parents. Um, I learned more about our relationship, what it was like to raise me. Uh, sports you played. I didn't know you won. You were uh, basically a prodigy in one <laughs> tennis tournaments and at night age nine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I was just the best in my age bracket. That's yeah. all I was. Uh, so for you all, uh, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. My dad may make an appearance before I go back to school again. Maybe not. We'll just see what, ha see what happens. Uh, but as per usual, I've been your host, Matthew Stein. You've been fantastic. And I will see you tomorrow, or today, I guess, and next Tuesday, whenever, the, whenever I have the next episode comes out. Why the, it's every Tuesday. Why am I going to be a different time? I don't know. Anyways, I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a great week and weekend and whatever else. Peace.